Welcome to the World of Speakers podcast brought to you by Speaker Hub. In each episode, we interview a professional speaker and reveal their very best tips and tricks. You'll learn to improve your presentation skills, keep your audience engaged, and learn how to grow your business to get more gigs and make more money. Here's your host, Ryan Foland. Ladies and gentlemen, you are back. We're back. I'm back. This is Ryan Fullen, and we are the World of Speakers podcast. We gather top speakers from around the world to give you an idea of their story, give advice from them on how they best communicate, and then dig into details of things that they've learned or mistakes that they've made when they're trying to get paid to speak. Now, today's guest, I'm excited. I met him years ago in New York. We were both speaking at the Green Festival. And since then, we are like brethren kindred from another level. And uh, he is somebody who I not only admire, but respect and look up to. And he's a big reason of why I started taking speaking seriously. So ladies and gentlemen, I am honored, my friend and fellow speaker of the world, Mr. John Bates. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Ryan. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here. You know, I don't think I've ever talked to you when you're not doing great. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I, will say, I will say a quick word about that, Ryan. Okay. Because I don't think it's what happens to you. I think it's what you do with it. And I'm, you know, I'm very cognizant of the fact that there are ups and downs in my life. And I will tell you that I'm doing great despite the fact that I have a an almost one-year-old baby. It's our first baby. We don't get enough sleep. Like... My business is going to the next level, which sounds awesome, but it's also terrifying. So, you know, like my emotional palette is full and there's plenty of stuff in the dark registers as well as in the in the light registers. But overall, man, I'm great. I'm above ground. I'm stoked to be here. All is well. <laughs> you know? That is awesome. And it's a great point. I mean, I always talk about how thoughts become words and words become things. So think the thoughts that you want. And even if you're exactly. having a terrible day or even if you're in lack of sleep, the ability for you to sort of get in a state where you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's a great aspect to keeping sort of a positive aura around you. And you don't want to be the guy like anybody who you hear has met John Bates. They're like, oh, my gosh, that guy, he's he's awesome. He's positive. He's high energy. And I think that's great. So I'm not saying that you are Wonder Man and have no problems because we all have problems. But uh I do appreciate that at least forward facing, you're always, always seem to be in a good mood and it, and it helps everybody out. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate hearing that because it's conscious effort. And, you know, and in our talk today, I think you're going to, you know, I I would be really happy to uncover some of the, of the dark things that I've been through that have led to the good things. Cause I, you know, I think that, uh, breakdowns are the first step of breakthroughs. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love one. You have so many great catchy phrases. One that always stuck was your messages in your mess. Yeah. And, that's and a, I love that. Well, let's not get too far ahead because I want people to know who you are. So what is your story, John? I mean, what, what got you to where you are now and what are some of those ups and crazy downs? Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you uh, the short answer to that is somebody asked me recently on a, another show, you know, how did you like, John, you've got this cool job you do leadership communications training and you get to train astronauts and you get to train C-level executives at top corporations like Johnson and Johnson and places like NASA and Boston Scientific. How did you get that job? And, you know, I thought about it for a second, Ryan, and I'm, and I got to say the honest answer is I just failed at everything else I did. (laughs) You know, I've been an entrepreneur for my whole life. And really, you know, I've always had the soft skills. 
And I was always envious of all those people around me who had the hard skills because they got paid more money. They seemed more valuable. You know, it just was clear to me what was valued and, and I was not that. And yet I felt like I was valuable. I felt like I had something to offer. So I was always going around trying to prove I was valuable while secretly feeling insecure that I wasn't valuable. And it was just awkward. <laughs> so, and then in 2009, I went to the TED conference and I saw the difference that one person with a well-articulated idea could make. And you know, what was really interesting is that was about the time that video was becoming truly viable on the internet. So you had this confluence of affairs of TED with these great speeches, putting them live on the internet, or, you know, putting them up on the internet so they were available. And man, it just really, it gave me a new look at what I did, you know, because I've always had the soft skills. I've always been the speaker. I've always been the evangelist. And then right after going to TED, I went to one of the very first ever TEDx events, and it was in Santa Monica, California. And there was this guy on stage. And he had all the hard skills in the world. And he was talking about something that was very, very interesting to me, but it was just awful. <laughs> right. Because he was nervous and he was, you know, stammering and looking at his notes and really uncomfortable. I mean, I think everybody in the audience thought they were going to throw up because he was so nervous. It was hard to watch his soft uh, skills. <laughs> it was so hard. It was so, and it really detracted from his message. I mean, right. nobody even remembers what that guy talked about. They just remember how awkward it was. And so, of course, the insecure, evil part of me was sitting there laughing, right? Like, ha, right. ha, 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 ha. Pinky to the mouth, kind of, ha, ha. Totally, totally. To Dr. Evil, man, right there. <laughs> and, and, but as I was doing that, my friend, Michael Weiss, thank God for Michael Weiss, walked over leaned down and said and whispered in my ear, dude, we got to do something to help people like that. Yeah. And it was a totally light bulb moment. I mean, it was a liminal moment like I've maybe never had before. And I really got that if I just got over myself and I got that chip off my shoulder, I could make a difference for someone like that. And, you know, I went home and started working on what I now call it's my signature training. And you've seen some of it, this speak like a leader boot camp. And what I did, because I wanted to reach out to people like that, is I based everything that I did in human evolutionary biology and human neurophysiology, which is something that I am very, very interested in. And I got my degree from UCLA in sociology and social psychology. So I've been studying that stuff for a long time, but I just never put it together like that. And what turned out really great for me is that when I put together this training and I based it all in science, I did it because I wanted to speak to people like that. And when you, when I tell someone who's an engineer or somebody with the hard skills, a doctor, whatever, not only what works in communication, but when I tell them why it works, hmm. wow, now they're willing to do it, you know, and so what I based everything in is principles that are based in science. And so I don't try and change their style. I don't try, you know, but I give them the why of good communication. And the thing that I say all the time is communicating with human beings is not logical. It's biological. 
But when you understand the biology, you can make it logical again. But anybody that goes in thinking logic is going to win by itself will lose to somebody who has both. Right. And that's your classic person talking to the, the prefrontal cortex when, or the, exactly. cerebr- the cerebral cortex yes. versus tapping into the, the neurology. I, yeah. And I think it's so powerful because science is something that people can, you know, believe, whereas who's this John guy? And yeah. you're just a vehicle for communicating what is actually happening to these people. And it's, it's powerful. I've seen you take people and literally throw on a drill sergeant hat and just change into this drill sergeant for your, <laughs> for your, for your success. Greatness. That's right. I'm your drill sergeant for your greatest. Yes. And w- so this idea where you took the soft skills and you saw opportunity in the marketplace that people who were brilliant just couldn't communicate their ideas in a brilliant fashion. Yes. Took your, your history of science and intrigue for philosophy and made a system or a boot camp essentially that helped people take what they already have, but just in a way that they understand they can communicate it better. What, what then? I mean, like what, what did that leave for you professionally? How did you make that jump from there to NASA? And I, I don't want to get into the particulars, but this is more of just the story. So people can understand, you know, how you took this, this concept. Cause I think other people might be listening going, yeah, well, you know, I was terrible at everything and now I want to leverage my soft skills and I see an opportunity for this market and I've got my own bread and butter presentation. You know, how did you, was it just kind of an organic movement to where that led you to all these speaking gigs? You know, I'll tell you some of the specific ideas behind what I did and and I'll preface it all by saying that I have been on the other side of this conversation for the vast majority of my life, like most of my life, I had $50,000 worth of debt and millions of dollars worth of un, uh, not liquid stock, you know, like worthless stock. Right. And, you know, I was always over there being jealous of somebody who had figured something out and was doing something because I never figured it out, you know? Yeah. And so... So I'd be happy to to talk about how that all happened for me. And I would preface it up front by saying that, you know, it didn't look like anything like this was ever going to happen for me until it did. So I was in a dark, dark place for a while before I popped out the other side. And what happened is I, well, I guess the, you know, short story is I hadn't raised about $80 million dollars with this dot-com company that I had, I had three other co-founders and we raised about 80 million plus. And then we went out of business in the dot-com bomb. And Mm. I almost died of an autoimmune disease that uh, I think was brought on by the stress and the lack of sleep. And, you know, the big learning for me out of that was that when I was sitting there really not knowing if I was going to make it, I really didn't know if I would live another day it had me examine my life. And the bottom line is my context was really small. My context was, you know, you only opportunity only knocks once you better succeed, you better make it, you know, you better do this. And it really led to a small life (laughs) up to that point. And when I walked out the doors of the hospital, and I was still alive, I was not well, but I was still alive. I was like, look, I just want to make a difference. No matter what I do, no matter what my title or my position or any of that stuff that I used to think matters. I just want to make a difference. And, you know, the funny thing is when I came upon being a speaker coach, 
I try, you know, I called a bunch of friends who were people that would hire speaker coaches. Cause I was like, look, I've been a speaker my whole life. I love this Ted thing. I think I could make a difference. Yeah, I've got this boot camp. Seems like an, a natural progression and you're, you're yeah. there, you're set up for it. Yeah. And then what happened is I called them and every single one of them, the guy who owns the PR company, the, the woman who was a head of HR at a big company, they all said, you don't want to be a speaker coach. They're a dime a dozen. Like, that's a horrible job. You don't want to do that. Like, don't do that. That's terrible. Hmm. And so that really knocked me back on my heels for a while. And I, you know, I mean, there were times during this period where I was thinking I was going to be lucky to get a job as a greeter at Walmart. And I was crying so hard that boogers were coming out. And what I decided is, look, I'm just going to do it anyway. I don't care if it makes money. I know that I, I've done this my whole life. I know I have something to offer. I'm going to focus on providing value. I don't care about the money. And the funny thing is that for about a year and a half, I did this for basically free. And all of a sudden, at about the two-year mark, things turned around. And year three, year two, I made about 100 and something K. The next year I doubled that plus and the next year I tripled that. And, you know, I'm on, I'm on track, you know, like to really make more money than I ever even thought I could ever make in my life, you know? And I think it's because I stopped focusing on making money and I started focusing on providing value. That's so key because I think a lot of people have this pie in the sky idea where, Hey, if I can speak, I can be that motivational speaker or they, they see somebody come to a conference and do a keynote. And they're probably just like you were in that TEDx going, that guy's good, but he's not that good, right? If he yeah. can do it, I can do it. I and can, yeah. And with so many programs out there that are like, you know, learn to get paid to speak in 30 days and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. There's this sort of, I don't know, I don't want to call it a false reality, but I think the reality is what you said. It's about not focusing on the money, but focusing on the value. And I think whether it's written yeah. content, whether it's spoken content, that's a theme that I'm, I'm hearing from the speakers of the world that we've got here on the world of speakers. And I think that's, yeah. that's exciting because if you have value, there's an opportunity for you to make money. It's yeah. not that you go out there and just make money. And I, yeah. and I love that. I love that people I talk to, they're like, yeah, you know what? The first couple of years, not so easy. It's not like things are coming in, but there seems to be this multiplier effect and uh, a tipping point essentially yeah. to where people see you at, at gigs and then they hear about you at gigs and then you're at gigs, and then you get more gigs because of it. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, it's just, that's exactly how it works. And I, and I got to tell you for that first year and a half, you know, I, I started putting it out there and I told my friends and one of my friends, a really great guy owns a company called NetPop, and they do research. They do like uh, consumer research and stuff. And he recommended me to this guy who ran a CEO group in the Bay Area. And so I called him and I'm like, you know, he called me and said, Josh recommended you. He thought you're a really good speaker. You know, would you be interested in speaking to our group? And I'm like, sure. Do you have a budget? He's like, no. I said, do you have a stipend? He said, no. I said, do you have, will you pay my <laughs> gas money? He said, no. I said, I'll be there. Could you just give me some water, buddy? <laughs> what, what do you got? <laughs> I'm like, okay, free breakfast. I'm there. <laughs> and I just did that over and over again. And, you know, I just, I mean, listen, and then there's the group who out of the generosity of their freaking center of their soul, they paid me 6,000 bucks to come 
do three days of training and they flew me out and put me up. I mean, and dude, that was the big time. And, yeah. you know, but those two events happened side by side. You know what I mean? It was very, yeah. very uneven. And mostly for the first year, I was just putting stuff on my credit cards if I had to, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I was, I was like, look, this is an investment in myself and my business. I'm not going to worry about it for a year. I'll start freaking out, you know, in a year and a half. Right, yeah, <laughs> and hold, I just hold, went for it. Hold your breath and, and do a nice cannonball into the pool. So let's tease everybody for a little bit. And I want to know sort of the, the action items of the things that helped you to land either the free gigs and the speaking gigs and how the referral base works and your network and all that stuff after we learn about your tips. Now, I was speaking with somebody okay. else and I said, what are your public speaking tips? And one of their first suggestions was don't call it public speaking, call it professional speaking. So I'm on the fence about that. I thought that was kind of a cool distinction because there's a stigma with public speaking. But if you are a professional speaker, then, you know, it almost assumes that there is that professional level. So yeah. do you have a preference between calling yourself a public speaker or professional speaker? Have you thought of that difference? You know, I, um, I call myself a leadership communications expert. And I speak and I do trainings and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and, you know, I host events, all that stuff, but I don't necessarily even refer to myself as a speaker. And the reason I do that is because I believe really that people out there who are hiring speakers, this is why it's so good to have a book or something that you've created like that, because they don't want to hire speakers. They want to hire experts to speak about their expertise. Mm, yes, that's a great distinction. Yeah. They don't want to hire speakers. They want to hire experts that will speak about their expertise that probably right. would, would deliver high value for the specific audience that's in that room. Exactly. And listen, if you're really great and you're a great motivational speaker and you happen to be a really great public speaker and you happen to be a really great professional speaker, well, that's icing on the cake. But you really need to write your book or somehow make your mark in a way that you can position yourself as an expert in something that they could have come talk to them, not a speaker. I think that's a great that's a great distinction. And, and that really speaks to personal branding. And I'm I'm a big fan of the personal brand because it really in a marketplace now with so many speakers and public speakers, you've got to stand out and be known for that one thing. For me, it's the 313. I've got my 313 book. Yeah. I just spoke in China about the 313, Haiti, the 313, the Leadership Sailing Forum in 2018 is courting me to do the 313 for a bunch of sailors. But Dude, that's awesome. Congratulations. I mean, you. I remember when you like created that. Yeah, you were you were one of the first people years ago when I was testing it out at the Green Festival. So it's still it's yeah. still strong, bro. <laughs> that's right. I love it. And listen, there here's another secret. There's a saying among professional speakers, if you will, that it is much easier to find a new audience than to create a new speech. Oh, I like that. That's, okay. Say, say that again. That, this is a quotable. This is a tweetable. If you're listening to this, I want you to take this quote and I want you to tweet John Bates, but John, you got to tell him what your Twitter handle is too. My Twitter handle is at John Bates. So this is tweetable. This is a very tweetable yeah. moment. All right, let's hear it. All right. So there's a saying among professional speakers that it is much easier to find a new audience than to create a new speech. Love it. Hashtag 
badass. <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, you know, and the good news about that, Ryan, the, the thing that it took me a while to figure out is that, you know, I, I was always trying to, oh, I need something new. I need something new. I need, no, you, you don't need something new. You just need a new audience. Go find a new audience. And then when you do that same thing over and over, I am going to make a 100% certain bet that your 313 talk is much better now than it was then. Oh, Not that it wasn't good then, no, but no, God, how could it help but get and, better, right? And it gets better every time. I mean, every it, time. I learn something new every time. And that's, it's, it's like, it's your proverbial axe that I just keep sharpening and sharpening and sharpening. That's and people right. have no idea the tree that I'm going to cut down. But I'm just sharpening and sharpening. Yeah. I love it. Well, and you know, Ryan, the other thing that's really interesting is if people are listening and they're not necessarily a professional speaker, that thing is true if you're a business person as well. Like if you've got that story that you tell that really crystallizes your philosophy of business and how you do business and customers love to hear that story, tell that story as long as it's not the same person. Tell that story over and over and over and over again, and that story will just get better and better. And then that'll be a key part of your pitch arsenal, you know? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. So this is really, I mean, we've, we've so naturally slid into this concept of the part of the show where we get your best speaking or expertise communication technology, right? Yeah. I want to take speaker away. So what are, if you had say 10 minutes to sit down with somebody who paid you a $14 million and change to get all of the goodies out of you, what would be the highest level, most impactful that uh, it isn't going to make somebody who's listening feel like they've already heard it before or somebody who is brand new, feel intimidated. What is something that's universal that's going to make people better at communicating their expertise on stage? Okay. So the, probably the biggest thing that comes to mind for me, Ryan, and I pick it because it's the thing that, that I hear back from people about the most, like they say, John, I'll never forget this. I still think about it all the time. You That's, know, this sounds like a good one. Cause I know you have, I mean, we could do this for 14 million hours, but okay. I like, that's a great, actually real quick. That's a great way to filter information that you're sharing. Cause as you become more of an expert, you're going to be on your own podcast and you have all this stuff, but you're filtering the information of the tips you're giving by the feedback from your audience of the highest value that they got. That's a very non-egocentric way to look at it. And that's a very powerful tool to stand outside of yourself and have it as almost a metric of feedback instead of saying, yeah, this is what I think is important. No, this is what people tell me years after I've spoken to them that this was a lasting impact. I love that. Okay. What is it? Yeah. Good. Thank you. So I'll, I'll say it this way. Um, Let's say your speech, your pitch, anything like that, your pitch, your speech, any communication that you're out there doing, it's not a presentation, it's a performance. Hmm. Now, there's a key that comes after this. I'm going to explain what I mean, and then you're going to get the real tweetable piece. Okay. <laughs> but it's not a presentation, it's a performance. And here's what I mean. What I don't mean, because, you know, I've I'm from LA. So whenever you say performance, people are like, oh, you mean you're not actually being yourself? I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. What I mean when I say performance, it's inherent in the words. In a presentation, if I present it to you, Ryan, I have done my job. Here you go, right? But if it's a performance, 
I'm going to think about what your experience is the whole time you're there. Like when you walk into the theater, we're going to have those beautiful velvet red curtains and we've got the statues on the wall and we've got the paintings on the ceiling and the music. We chose that music on purpose, you know, right, right. thing I'm on the hook for you having a good time if it's a performance. So when you apply this to your speaking or you're presenting anything you're doing, I realized at a certain point that although I was being responsible for what I said and I thought that was pretty good, that's stopping early. What I realized is I could not only be responsible for what I said, I could be responsible for what you heard. Mm, that's powerful. So, that, that's so yeah. you're, So you're not being responsible as much of, of the message that you're delivering because that would be just your presentation. But yeah. you're really putting yourself in the audience and you're responsible for the way that they experience that information. The whole thing. And listen, I used to be the kind of guy who would say, well, I told you and check the box. But if you didn't get it, that still didn't get me the results I wanted, did it? <laughs> right. right. You could very effectively present them information, but it's yeah. not a given that the audience will receive it. That's right. And if they don't receive it, it is no longer their problem. It's my problem now. Hmm. Okay. So I, I like to make up words. So I have a word forming in my head. Okay. Instead of a, a performance, what about a speech formance? You could say that it's a okay. speech formance because that's what you're doing. You know, now what about, I, I'm going one step further. My brain is working here. What about a speech experience? That's even better, right? Like I'm responsible for your speech experience <laughs> or audience experience, maybe, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I'm responsible for the audience experience. And people are like, what is the audience experience? Like, the audience experience. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I feel, like it. Feel free to use that. I, I, I like that as well. Maybe in your tweetable moment, you can use hashtag speech formants, hashtag speech experience, or hashtag audience experience. And there's no, we haven't defined how it's going to spell. So you can just go ahead and do that. So what, yeah, is, what is a tweetable moment when it comes to this concept here? 140 characters or less. I would say the, the tweetable moment is be responsible for what they hear. Be responsible for what they hear. I love it. Yeah. Hashtag speech experience. <laughs> yeah, speech experience. Okay. Audience so, experience. So that's one. What's, uh, let's pull two more nuggets out of you. What's another one? Okay, let's see. Well, okay. So I know that you have a lot of people that are really great speakers listening to this. Like you've got speakers from all over the world who are very, very experienced. They're really, really good at speaking. They know what they're doing. They've got lots of experience. One of the biggest things that I see is I deal with a lot of those people. I mean, imagine I'm at places like Johnson and Johnson dealing with some of their top executives. You don't think those people are good speakers. You're, you're wrong. Right. They're awesome. And I do a lot of training for some of the best TEDx events in the world. And I've trained TED speakers. Here's the thing I see most often. The people who are worried about whether or not they're good speakers, they show up and they have beginner's mind and they take the coaching and they listen and they are working to get better. The people who show up that think they're already really good speakers, they don't have beginner's mind anymore. They're not interested in getting better. They're just super interested in getting what they want to say out. And, you know, that's that. 
And a lot of times they'll do the same old shtick that they normally do at a TEDx event and it just doesn't work. So, you know, to the really experienced speakers, I would say to you, and it's something that I take on myself for sure, for sure, because I don't think I can push it if I don't eat it myself, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. You got to take your own medicine, even if it takes a spoonful of sugar. That's right. And so, you know, I get coached on a regular basis and I bring beginner's mind and I don't know better than my coach. And I say, yes, sir. You know, may I have another? (laughs) And that whole idea of, of this being something like surfing or golf or, you know, those kinds of things where you'll just never be as good as you could be. Yeah. If you don't go about it with that beginner's mindset. Well, and, you know, even when you're at the top of the game, Tiger Woods had two coaches and he beat everybody, you know, but his coaches couldn't beat him, (laughs) but they had him beat everybody. And I'm telling you, at at a certain point in his career, when he was winning like crazy, they broke down his stroke and redid it. And he fell behind for a little while. And then he came back stronger than ever. That's beginner's mind. That's somebody who is committed to the craft, you know, and as a speaker, the minute you give up that commitment, you start to turn into that talking head that like, everybody's like, when can I get out of here? You know? So how do you, how do you get people past that ego spot? Because I mean, if you're already this crazy high executive, I can just mentally think that, or you've already found success. You're already making money speaking, or you're on that, you're on that tipping point how do you talk to somebody to like say, well, you do need like a coach because it's a kind of an ego thing. I and mean, where do you go? And you might feel like somebody is at a lower level coaching you. Like what, how do you go about that process? Do you just Google? Well, I mean, I guess you go to executive speaking success.com. That's where you go first, right? <laughs> well, that's one place, you know, here's the story that you'll find. I think people will find their way to whatever it is that they're, that's ready for them that they right. need. And here's a quick story that I was talking to a guy who knows the coach who coached Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant. Uh, he told me a story about Kobe Bryant went to this game, just a high school game, like not even a really high stakes, big deal, high school game. He would just go to high school basketball games, sit in the top in the back of the bleachers with his sunglasses on and watch the players to see if he could learn any moves. Right. Hmm. So, don't ever think that somebody can't teach you something because they can. And so he would sit there and one day he saw this kid do this move and he was like, I've never seen that before. So he went home and he rearranged his furniture. This guy's the guard, this guy's, you know, defending. And he practiced this move, you know, and then he got up the next day and he rearranged the furniture again and practiced the move some more. And when his coach asked him, well, Kobe, how long are you going to practice that move? He said, until... And that's it. He's just going to keep practicing that move. (laughs) That's it. It, Isn't that freaking awesome? So to think of Kobe Bryant going to not fancy high school games to sort of figure out from high school students what the newest and latest grooves are. That's an amazing example when it comes to the the beginner mentality of being at a top level speaking spot, but having a coach after that. So the first two major tips you've got, and we've got this last one here, which I'm excited about, but it's first is that as a speaker or as an expert who's communicating and talking about your expertise, right? Yeah. It's not as much about being responsible for your presentation as much as it is being responsible for the audience's experience and I guess absorption 
Yeah. Of what your presentation is trying to deliver. Yes. Hashtag uh, speech formants, hashtag speech experience, hashtag audience-ness, a meet, a, a team <laughs> um, Do you have time for a fast story about that when you want to hear? Yeah, okay, sure. so here's, here's how I applied that, okay? I was speaking at a TEDx youth event, and I knew they were all in like, you know, late high school. So, of course, they're teenagers. They know everything, right? So how can I tell them anything that's going to matter? But they wanted me to come talk to them about what I wish I would have known when I was your age. Right. Well, come on, Ryan. How many people told both of us what they wish they would have known and we just didn't even hear a word of it, right? Right. Because if we're – if we, you already know that if you're a teenager, right? Yeah, it's all good. That you know, Kobe's watching my moves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's right. I mean, and there you go. So I thought about it for a long time, and here's what I decided to do. I went in and I said, "Okay, so you guys are all about 18, 17, 16, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I said, "Okay, well, now if somebody came to you and they were eight or nine or so, and they, you know, they're half your age, and they said, "Gosh, I wish you would tell me what you wish you would have known when you were my age." Do you think you could tell them something that would make a difference for them? Is there anything that you know that would make a difference for them? You're twice their age. And of course, they're teenagers. So of <laughs> course, they're just, they're like, oh, dude, are you kidding? What couldn't I tell them? You know? So, and then I said, okay, well, and that's true, right? So you could really tell them something if they listen to you that would make a big difference for them. Right. And they, right. and they're all like, yeah. And I said, okay, well I'm twice your age <laughs> and I've been thinking about things that would make a big difference for you. Do you think there's any possibility that if you listen to me, <laughs> I could tell you something that would matter. And it was so funny to watch their faces and they were fascinated for the rest just of the drop. Time. Yeah. Like, uh, so what that did, and, and, and just to think about what you did there, instead of saying, this is what I've learned so that you can be more appropriate and better, they're just sitting there like looking right through you or they're on Snapchat or something. Of course they are, yeah. But by you making them, I guess, the hero of that story, for them to yeah. think, yeah, I can make a difference, yeah. getting yep. them to admit that only if their audience listened, then you yep. flip it on them. And then you're there like, you, you guys are actually – so this is a this is a, um, a speech experience inception. because. Yeah. You're getting them to realize the importance of being responsible for an audience that they would have. And then inception inside of that, you're making them eat their own words for you to talk with them. Yeah, exactly. I call it Jedi. It's <laughs> the Jedi training. You know, like that was a Jedi move, I think. Totally. These are not the droids that you're looking for. Exactly. Exactly. She's gonna. I'm gonna say something important to you. <laughs> something important to us. <laughs> you will experience my information in a way that you will listen. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So that that's a great tweetable point moment. Hashtag Jedi. And then you talked the second point, which was also fascinating. It's about having this beginner experience and not being bashful, shy, or having too much pride to get a coach. In fact, look at high school students playing basketball to up your game. Okay. Exactly. Yep. And what's what's a uh, a final sort of nugget of how people can better deliver their information, and then we're going to jump into how to use everything possible or what you know to get the opportunity on stage to do these things. Okay. Good. So here's the final one, and it's a uh, it's something that probably everybody struggles with to some degree. Some people less now because they're you know speakers who've done this a lot, but. 
almost everybody that I talk with, including the really, really good speakers that you would never believe suffer from stage fright is, you know, that whole thing of fear of public speaking, fear of professional speaking. Right. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and here's the thing. There's a key to that that really, you know, spins people's heads around when I tell it to them. But so here it is. Who is nervous about? Hmm. Who is nervous about? Let's say, Ryan, you're about to go up on stage. You're really nervous. Who is that about? It's uh, it's probably displaced. It's it's probably displaced about. I don't know. This is this is. I, I'm ready for a Jedi mind trick right here. I feel like I'm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's who that's about, Ryan. If you're about to go on stage and you're super nervous, that is all about you. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. That is pure narcissism. What are you doing? You are thinking about you and you're going to get up and try and deliver a message to them. Right. You're worried about looking bad. You're worried about sweating through your shirt. You're worried yeah. about memorizing your whatever. You're worried oh about my God, lighting. What if I screw up? What if they don't like me? Right. All that stuff. That's so yeah. narcissistic. That's not what you're there for, you know? So here's the advice I got from two different sources. A top leadership trainer, one of the best in the world anywhere outside the military, told me, John, if you get up on stage and you have your attention on yourself, then you have your attention on a minor ball of petty concerns that's of no real interest to anyone but you. Hmm. Ouch. <laughs> you know, but it's true. Did he slap you across the face right right afterwards or did she? <laughs> no, no, no she, she, it felt like it, but yeah, she right. loved me. I knew she loved me. So then she said, however, if you get up on stage and you have your attention on the audience and you have your attention on the difference that you're going to make for them and the difference they're going to make in their lives because of it, now you got your attention on something worth thinking about. Yeah, I love it. That's a hashtag tweetable there. So, well, here's the tweetable part, Ryan, because I got the exact same advice from none other than Snoop Doggy Dog. He just said it different. <laughs> and this is when he was the dog. Okay. I'm okay. not kidding. He said, don't be nervous, be at their service. <laughs> okay. Now, for people that are going to tweet that out, it's going to be, uh, you definitely have to tag at John Bates and you have to tag Snoop Dogg and you have to tag at me. Snoop Dogg. That's right. I want to be in a tweet with John, Snoop, and Ginger MC <laughs> together. So there this is great. Put it all together. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, don't be nervous. Be at their service, dude. That is like, fundamental. All right. So I'll do a little backbeat, a little, little bass beat, and then you'll wrap it and then we'll move on to the next. So. <laughs> Okay, cool. Don't be nervous. Be at service. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So speaking of having fun, when you get paid to speak, it actually makes it fun. So what are some of the things that you learned or could deliver to younger or even older or anybody who is in a similar path to you, but maybe not at the same spot? I know we talked earlier about sort of just getting gigs, even if they're free, but what are some of these other core things that, you know, would be exciting for somebody to learn that's either just beginning or if they're on their way? Well, you know, I mean, I think that uh, there is a, there's a fundamental value to just going out and speaking. And I don't care where you speak, go speak to the lion's club, go speak to the, you know, like, the mothers with toddlers. I mean, like it doesn't matter 
you know, even if you think you've got this message for executives and the mothers with toddlers want to invite you to speak, man, go talk to them. Just go do it. And that's probably the fundamental thing is take your message to anyone that will listen and just share it over and over and over. And, you know, when I was doing that for free for so long, I was really worried about should I give them my best stuff or not? And I, I very quickly decided, look, you got to give them your best stuff. Either just don't do it or give them your best stuff. And, you know, it'll pay you back somehow at some point. Versus the mentality of sort of going up, getting the opportunity and not giving them all of your good stuff because you're maybe not getting paid or you want to hold something back. Exactly. Yeah, dude, if you do that, then they're just not going to think you're that good. But if you give them the best stuff, they think you must have something better. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I, right. If you bring your best stuff, they're going to assume you have something better because everybody's not yeah. going to assume that you leave everything out on the floor. Totally. I like that. Yeah, no, totally. And listen, if you bring your best stuff and you give it to them, you will have more because you're the one who knows how to implement and dig deeper and all that. So just give them your best stuff, you know, and just go speak to anybody that'll have you. And, you know, I will say, Ryan, this is a guy that I would like to turn you on to as well. But there is a guy out there that I think is phenomenal. And he is a coach. You know, I coach people in their in their speeches and their presentations. And I give, I mentor executives and I do one-on-one -on -one executive coaching and all that kind of stuff. But this guy is an absolute genius when it comes to the business of speaking. And he has made an enormous difference for me. Mm. And, you know, he's got this thing called the uh, Big Money Speaker Bootcamp. His name is James Malinchak. And I highly recommend him. And, you know, the funny thing is he does this speaker boot camp and it's practically free and it's four days of some of the best information I have ever heard about the business of being a speaker. And one of the things that I love about that is, you know, when I went and saw his boot camp for the first time, I've been a couple of times, it's that good. I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been trying to do. Give my best stuff away and just know that it will somehow pay me back. And it was, it was a really nice, you know, a nice way to feel like what I was doing was the right thing because I saw what he was doing here, you know, and it's like four days and it cost $97. It's, it's ridiculous. It's wow. awesome. Wow. Hey, so you'll, you'll have to make it an intro and I'll get him on this show. I would be happy to do that. I think you'd awesome. like to have him and I think he'd be happy to do it. And, uh, you know, but the, the, the point is that you, you get the speaking opportunities but then you give yeah. everything you have. You give your best, even if it's even yeah. if you're not able to charge it. And look at the way that you just talked about this guy. That is priceless. Yeah. And so priceless. when you're when you're out there giving all this value and people that you that either you don't know or you don't know when they're doing it, when they edify you like that, that's huge. That's liquid gold right there. Yeah, it is. And he has no idea I'm saying this about him. Right. You know, right. and probably people said nice things about obviously people said nice things about me and I had no idea. I just got a call out of the blue and they're like, Hey, will you come work with us here? You know? Yeah. Well, this has been of course a lot of fun. I mean, I, yes, we started the whole thing off saying that we're in a good mood, but this conversation has put me in a good mood because you're somebody who, <laughs> you're somebody who failed at everything and ended up speaking, tapping into your, college education of interest in psychology and physiology and, and the human body, the science, 
you were inspired by seeing one, an amazing, you know, talk or talks at TED. Then you saw a not so good talk at TEDx and you're like, I got this. I, I can use science to teach these people how to better communicate, not change the way that they're like their messaging or their personality, but just give them yeah. those fundamental tools. And then that's gotten yes. you an opportunity to work with NASA, with Johnson and Johnson. And anybody who wants to see these adventures, you need to follow John on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. He shares his stories and he's like, if you want to see what the inside of NASA looks like when you're going to speak there one day, definitely check him out. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. And then the advice that you, that you just gave here today, and there's so much more, if people want to find more resources, because I'm telling you, there's the message, the messes in your message and your whole uh, lightsaber fighting, like all these core messages, where do people go to get the value from you after the show? Well, you know, there are a few different places and it all basically starts at my website, executive speaking success and uh, executive speaking success.com, which is kind of a long website, but Hey, hopefully you'll find it worth it. I've got some blog posts there. You know, Ryan, I also write for Inc. Magazine, and my first article there was how I blew my first TED Talk, which is a very embarrassing still to me to this day, but it was one of the transformational experiences of my life because I just learned so much from it. And uh, I've written about training the astronauts at NASA there, and I've written about pitching from an ice hole in Finland. And so if people want to go to Inc. Magazine and just search John Bates, there are some articles there. There are articles on my blog at Executive Speaking Success, and it's very easy to reach me from my website, too. So if anybody wants more information or wants to reach out, that's how they can find me. All right, Johnny. Well, hey, this has been amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing you again soon, sharing the stage sometime soon. And uh, keep up the great work, man. And say hi to your kid and your family and Flash and, and everybody. Share the love from the Ginger MC. And, and we look forward to sharing this message with the world. Because I think if somebody listened to this podcast, it could literally help change their outlook, which could change their life, which could change their path. Yeah. And they too could be featured here sometime as a world of speakers because you're making a world impact. The day you walked out of that hospital, brother, I'm telling you, you have and you are and you will continue to make that difference. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. That means a lot to me, Ryan. And, you know, I want to congratulate you too. I, I accept your compliment and it means a lot to me and not to just return it, but to give you a separate distinct compliment. Uh, I have watched you from when I met you, you know, I think we actually, didn't we meet at Blackstone even before the green festival? Like you that's know, where we got to know I, each other. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But I think we met at Blackstone even earlier and you were still working it out with the whole, with everything that you were up to. And, you know, you're enthusiastic. You clearly want to make a difference and you do. And I'm really proud of you because I've watched you grow into this and just take on, just take things on over and over. You know, that's the other thing. It's like when I say just do it, it's like, look at Ryan, you know, like, dude, you just did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. And you did it. And all of a sudden you're emceeing ideas festival and you did it and you did it. And you didn't. Then all of a sudden you got this podcast. You did it. And you just, you're just <laughs> voracious. And I love that. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks man. And again, you're a big inspiration for all that starting. So let's keep Thank it. You. I'm, I don't even have to say, let's keep in touch because we will. Yeah. All right. We got to take off and we will see you next podcasts, check them all out, man. If you like this man and woman and anybody who wants to improve their public speaking or the professional speaking world of speakers is your deal. All right, Johnny, we're out of here. See you, buddy. See you, Ryan. Thanks. 